My name is Perry Small, and joining me on the live line is our Cook County State's Attorney, Kim Fox. Hi, State's Attorney. How are you today? Happy New Year to you. I haven't talked to you in a while. Happy New Year, Perry. It's so good to hear your voice again and, and to be able to reconnect with you and your listeners. Uh, I, I thank you so much for that. Well, one of the main reasons why I wanted to talk to you, State's Attorney, was, of course, uh, these, these carjackings. And there seems to be uh, some misinformation. Like, for example, your role in this. When there is a, 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 a minor... And they are um, caught for a carjacking. What does the state's attorney's office do after after that when when the suspect is caught? Yeah, so when a suspect is caught and if they're a juvenile, they are brought to the state's attorney's office to for approval of charges. So we determine if there's enough evidence to prove that the person that they caught is the person who did the the action. If we file charges, that kid, that child goes before a judge and a judge makes a determination whether or not they hold the child in custody, release them to their parent with some kind of condition, whether it's home confinement, an ankle monitor or a curfew. And then that child will go to trial. And I think some of the misinformation is that the state's attorneys determine whether a child is released um, after they are, our charges are brought. We don't make that determination. A judge makes that determination based on the age of the child, what the home situation is looking like, whether they've been arrested or convicted before, um, and whether they believe that, that child is a risk to himself or to the public. And then they determine whether or not that child is released. We file the charges. Judges make determinations about who gets held and who gets released. So, state's attorney, um, so that we can be clear and and not, uh, you know, and get our messaging right and understand uh, how this works. Do you think, and I'm not asking you to throw anyone under the bus, but do you <laughs> think that there have been missteps from the judicial side of this for them um, releasing these people, I mean, p- releasing these minors into the custody of their parents. Because one of the people, when I was talking to Mayor Lightfoot last week, she said one of them had a, a monitor on their, an ankle bracelet on when they were, you know, when they were committing another carjacking. Yeah, I mean, listen, judges have a tough job uh, of being able to look at these cases and trying to evaluate who is going to be a risk versus who's not. And I think we have seen in certain circumstances that some people continue to show you, um, that, like we say, show you, show you better than I can tell you, mm-hmm. um, that they are a risk. Uh, but I also, you know, recognize that the judges look at thousands of cases and very few of them, we see someone come back. And so it's a tough job that they have, particularly when it relates to minors. Because here's the thing. If you've got 14, 15, 13-year-olds out there um, carjacking people, something is wrong. Something is fundamentally wrong, not just with that minor and his actions, but, right. you know, the environment that he's coming from. Um, that this is where where he or she uh, finds themselves. But, you know, I think we have seen cases where, you know, stricter restrictions would be helpful. Uh, But a judge has to make that determination on a case-by-case basis. 
So have you and the mayor and the superintendent of police, I mean, do you guys, um, have you been talking about this? Have you had any meetings discussing uh, what's going on with these juveniles and uh, this carjacking uptick? Yes. So we are part of the revamped carjacking task force that started a couple years ago when we saw uptick back in 2018. So all of the parties are back together, including uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office. And Mariam Ahmed, who is the head of our Juvenile Justice Bureau, um, sits in that in addition to uh, the head of our criminal bureau. Because we talk a lot about juveniles, but we also have a significant number of adults who are participating in these carjackings, too. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at ways, you know, to help us strengthen our prosecution, because, again, we only come into into play when someone is arrested. Mm -hmm. And the sad reality is, Perry, a lot of these people have gotten away with it, um, have not been caught. Right. Because they're wearing masks. It happens so fast. They move in groups. And so trying to identify folks has been a challenge. But what we want to make sure on our part is that when we do catch them, um, that we're able to put together the strongest case possible so that we can find them um, guilty in a court of law. What would you have, what would have to be going on in order for a minor to be charged as an adult in a car Yeah, under Illinois law, juveniles um, or minors, anyone under the age of 18, um, are tried as juveniles in juvenile court with the exception of three uh, specific cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, first degree murder, aggravated battery with a firearm, so you shoot somebody and hit them, um, or aggravated sexual assault, so mm-hmm. like a, a rape with okay. a weapon. Carjackings do not automatically transfer a juvenile to adult court. You can petition, uh, but petitions have rarely been granted here in Cook County for a transfer. So Juveniles under the age of 18 are tried in juvenile court. So last week uh, there was a carjacking in Addison. Uh, I don't know if that's DuPage County or not, but they are the, the, the young boy that was involved in the carjacking. Um, it was reported in the Sun-Times that he will be charged as an adult. Do you think that's too harsh at this time for these young people? But something's got to be done to know so that they learn that there are consequences for the trauma that they're putting these victims through. Yeah, so that case out of Addison, that's DuPage County. And it's not automatic that that child will be tried as an adult. They're going to try because the law says you have to petition to do that. And so we'll see what happens. And you know what, Perry, this, the issue of juveniles and crime is something that we've been reckoning with as a society for a long time. Right. Of how do we make sure that they are held accountable and are able to get their lives together? Right. Um, because this is incredibly dangerous. It's dangerous, you know, for our community. It's dangerous for them. We've seen um, people are, are arming themselves and, and shooting them. And so... You know, the severity depends on what do we have with this child? What What is it that they are dealing with? How do we intervene? But they absolutely must be held accountable for the actions because we don't want them to believe that this is appropriate because that behavior will escalate. So there has been a lot of chatter here on WBON um, about parents and um, their culpability in their children out and that are doing the carjacking. I don't know what's going on, 
But we are still in the middle of a pandemic that is deadly. It is deadly. What? I don't. Yes. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, what is going on in these people's homes that a fourteen-year-old? I mean, and girls. You have girls that are involved in this now. You have fifteen-year-old girls that are putting people in chokeholds and stealing their cars. Why don't parents know where these young teens and and adolescents, why don't they know where they are? I don't know if you can answer that or not, but um I don't know yeah. so I, I don't I don't even know what to ask. Listen, it's a it's a frustrating issue. The but there's some things that we know. A lot of these young people are home unsupervised. And it may be that you have a parent who is an essential worker who mm-hmm. is working um at the grocery store or, or doing whatever they can. Um you, you have some circumstances, you know, I used to be a public guardian where kids are being raised by a grandparent. Maybe right. the parent isn't in the home. And so there are a lot of reasons. I you know, I I have four teenagers who live in my house. I know. Um I know where they are. Um, I know what they're doing. Right. Um, But I'm afforded the ability to be able to be home and be with them. And and for a lot of these young folks, whatever their circumstances are, there are issues within the home. They're clear that there are issues within the home. And and I think as we look at this, we want to make sure for all of it, like whatever those issues are, we're taking care of them. Because even if we send them away, Perry, and they come back to the same circumstances, we're just going to wait for them to do the next thing. And so I think we have to to figure out what the whole needs of the child and the family are so that they don't have these kids out here in this situation. I think many of these kids, their basic needs are not being met. I mean, first of all, we are in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, these people have evictions held over their heads. There might not be enough to eat. There might not be... Um, you know, it might be where you have too many people in the house and they just feel uh, like they can't breathe because there's people on top of people. That's not an excuse. But right. we've got to do, you know, we've got to do more to make sure that people's basic needs are met and get these kids at an early age and, and have people, if they need help, to ask for before it exacerbates in, into this sort of thing where the kids are just unsupervised, um, can't do anything with them. It, it, it's, it's just mine, but I'm not going to make excuses for them because yeah. I'm not going to make excuses at all. But something has to be done. I mean, for example, there are kids I see walking down the street all afternoon, and, they are, and they're supposed to be in some type of remote learning. Yeah. You know, they're supposed <laughs> to be in school. That that's a that that's a problem in itself. Why are you roaming the streets when you're supposed to be at home or somewhere, a community center or somewhere, and you for you to um do your schoolwork? I am so afraid, um, State's Attorney Fox, I am so afraid that we are gonna lose a generation of these kids because they're not in school, doing the remote learning, and this is just going to make the problem 
all the worse. When Mayor Lightfoot was on with me last week, she said that she believes that there are some adults that are involved in this carjacking. What do you think she meant by that? Are they, are, that these are, there are people telling, I mean, there are adults telling these minors the type of the type of cars that they might want for whatever reason. I don't I don't even know why they're why there's such an uptick. Yeah, I think we're trying to figure out what this uptick is, Terry, because it is it's so dramatic and so high in such a short period of time. And we know we're living in these crazy times of COVID and an economic crisis. And so I think it'll take us a time to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But I think what she was getting to is that, you know, these aren't just one or two people doing this. We've seen four or five uh, people gathered together. They had the kids who are holding the weapon because to the point that was made earlier, juveniles are treated differently in the system than adults do. And so, you know, we've seen some adults who have gotten the children to do uh, the dirty work so that they themselves don't have to uh, pay the penalty if they get caught. And that's one of the things that we are looking at. It's part of this task force, mm-hmm. the, the adults who are driving this juvenile behavior. You know, some of the, as you said earlier, there's a lot of reasons that we're not making excuses, hold these kids accountable. But when you also have adults manipulating children, when you also have adults who these kids are gravitating towards using them for criminal purposes, you got to hold those adults responsible as well. And so that's some of the things that we're looking at, too. Yeah. Uh, Mayor Lifer said she said we're going to lay the hammer down on those if we, if they find them and, and catch those adults that are manipulating these children. Absolutely. Let, let me go to Chestine real quick. Go ahead, Chestine. Thank you so much. I'm a regular listener, and I love both of you. I'm a contributor to Attorney Fox, and I just want to say this is where this is an educational problem. I am a retired educator, and I, I went through an era of the time when we had residential schools. We had dorm mom and dads. These are children. I mean, I know that age, that 13, 14 age. That's a young adult. And this is where they needed training early on. So the state, the federal government, the city, we need residential schools in Chicago and all over the country for the young people who just don't have, you just can't think of them having regular parents, right. mom and dad at school, because that's not what's going on. Mm-hmm. This is an educational problem. I want to talk to the mayor. I even wrote to the mayor. I have even written to you Attorney Fox, and I did get a response. So I just want to tell you, this is an education problem. All right, then. Thank you, Justine. Um, Let's go to Brother Nasir. Nasir, go right ahead. You had a question for the state's attorney. Yes, thank you, Perry and um, uh, Ms. Fox. I I, I wanted to know what is being done about the criminal element that's most likely driving this type of uptick in carjacking, uh, to locate them and to hold them accountable as well. Because I just don't see these young people grabbing these cars for no no reason. So could you speak to that, please? Yeah. So like I just said, there's a couple of avenues that we're looking at. Some of these kids are grabbing these cars because they are out there. This is fun. They don't have anything else going on. They are seeing that people have gotten away with it, like I said, because it's harder to catch them. Mm -hmm. Um, And for some people, this is just what they're doing. And I want to point out, 
this uptick in Chicago, Cook County, we're seeing it across the country. Minneapolis, Atlanta, New York, like it is, it's a thing that is happening across the country. Um, so we're looking at those young people who are just out there on their own doing this. We're also, as I said earlier, looking for those people who are driving this for their own profit. Maybe they're having these kids steal these cars so that they can use them um, in some other crime. Uh, we see these cars are, you know, they, they grab them. And we find these cars a day or two later, but they might have been involved in a shooting or something else. So why, why are they doing that? And so we're using all of our resources. Some of the things that are, are crazy, young kids, if, if people don't see it, they don't believe it. So they videotape themselves. They are on Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram Live committing these acts. And we're, we have a strong social media task force that's looking and going through that. We're looking to see who kids are being picked up with, if they're with any adults that have a record before. So it's, it's a strong network of using information and data to figure out who these, these young people are. But I, that's on the response. And I just want to pick up of what was just said. We also have to do a lot on this prevention side, which is get to these kids, get to these families in these neighborhoods where there's so much time on their hand and they, they are just out here. All righty then. Thank you, Brother Nasir, uh, for a, a great question. What would you like to leave our listeners with, uh, State's Attorney Fox? I would leave them with, you know, I want everybody to be careful. I don't want us to, to, to not be diligent because these numbers are high. And I'm, you know, I have a daughter who's out there driving who I worry about given what we are seeing. So please be diligent to get out of your cars as soon as you get where you're going, get into the house. And at the same time, you know, as we try to tackle this, you know, work. If you see something, say something. If you know something, you got to tell us. Um, if you see, you know, a young person that you know and care about in a car that you know they don't belong in, I know you don't want to get them in trouble, but there might be trouble coming down the line. Right. And so this is a community effort and a law enforcement effort. We have to do this together. And, you know, our office is here. We have our community justice centers um, that you can reach out to if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to tell on somebody directly, if you just want to give us information to help us out, uh, we want to be able to do that because no one should fear being in their car alone. That's no right. one should fear the trauma of of what's happening in our streets. But we cannot solve this just with law enforcement. We need your help. All righty then. State's Attorney Kim Fox, it's always so good to uh, talk to you, and I'll be glad when this pandemic is over so we can go have lunch or something because I'm going stir crazy. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm claiming it, Terry. I look forward to All it. All right, then. Thank you. And uh, tell Mark and the kids I said hello. Thank you so much.